0: People are most interested when they inquire. And if you're not getting back to them, even if you're waiting 24 hours to get back to them or something, a lot of them have just kind of moved on. There's a lot of money riding on each of these deals, so it's not hard to message someone back or whatever. Welcome to Turning Profit, a podcast for people that love real estate. Learn the business models and skills that professional real estate investors use to make money and build wealth. Visit turningprofit.com for a wealth of investor resources. And now, here are your hosts, Pete and Heather Reese. Welcome to the Turning Profit podcast. Heather, it's so great to be here once again. Yeah,
1: it's fun being back. I better move my microphone a little closer.
0: Yeah, move it closer. We need to hear you, Heather. Do we? (laughs) Yeah, you know. (laughs) I'm not going to say anything.
1: I know. I was like, I set you up. I like, I gave you something. You, you had an opportunity. I'm not going to take the
0: bait, Heather. I'm not going to take the
1: bait. We've been married long enough, huh? Yeah. How are long? You, I don't know. 24 years.
0: Okay. Something like that. Almost. Almost
1: 24 years, yeah.
0: Almost. Yeah. Okay. So what are we going to do for our anniversary this year?
1: I think we'll probably um, work on some land deals. Okay. And... <laughs>
0: Seems to be our life these days. Yeah, I
1: know. I
0: like doing land deals.
1: It's funny. Well, we have kids that are like in a broad range of ages. So I think a lot of people at this point would have kids out of the house, but we still have a 13 year old.
0: And we have two older kids that are living with us as well. And When they're uh, in town. When they're in town, they're like globetrotting and doing all these fun things and um, living the type of life that we'd love to live, right? I know
1: someday. Someday. Someday we can strive to have, be carefree and fancy free or whatever that is. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, until then we're living through them so it's kind of cool. They just got back <laughs> from the Pacific Northwest. Uh And now they're at Uh Comic-Con, and then they take off for somewhere else. But um, They do
0: take off for somewhere else?
1: I think so, yeah. And they're taking Mm. our youngest with them to Comic-Con, so we can live it up for like 48 hours.
0: Okay, great.
1: What do you want to do? Work?
0: Uh, Let's record a podcast. Okay,
1: sounds good. (laughs) So what are we doing today?
0: Well, today is going to be rapid-fire questions. Okay. And now these aren't just any questions either. These are questions from our Land Flipping community, which you can find and join for free at landconquest.com. Again, that's landconquest.com. And uh it's just real easy to sign up. You can see all these questions coming in real time. What we did was we took a bunch of interesting, very recent questions from the community, and I screenshotted them and slacked them to Heather, and she's gonna go through them on her phone, read them off one by one, and we're gonna rapid fire answer them.
1: Okay, question for you are we gonna agree on the answers? We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Whenever you say land conquest, we need some sort of like background music, like where it's like Yeah, like reverber- you can program
0: these buttons to do stuff like that.
1: We need to do that. So it's like land right.
0: conquest. Right. Remember that episode that we recorded where I actually had this the voice changer on here? It sounded like it was some sort of, you know, like someone that was calling in a, like some th- sort of threat from a... <laughs> you know like a payphone or something like that and it was like scrambled voice like the whole podcast so was like that so we
1: had to redo it right
0: we had to redo it yeah, yeah there was no way to f- we should have just audio. left it
1: like that if you're a diehard and you're really willing to listen to the podcast you'd have to uh, it's so
0: ridiculous
1: we've had a few uh, faux we pas but you know
0: we were we were laughing so hard we were crying i was at least it was yes. so funny
1: yeah and it, and for that alone it was it was worth it mm-hmm. um, okay so hopefully you actually hear our real voices.
0: Yeah. And well, uh, well, a few housekeeping items oh, before okay. we get into yeah, that, Heather. Before you start rattling off you these questions. You said rapid
1: fire, so I'm all ready to rapid fire.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, so a couple things I want to mention. First of all, the, the Land Conquest community, you already know about that. But maybe you didn't know that we give away an extensive training program in the community for no cost. No cost. No cost at all. And it's not some junk-free course. You know, we've all we've all been there. We've all signed up for something that you know get the get my free course for entering your email or whatever and then you go look at the free course and it's junk real junk yeah it's junk it's not you know it's it's worthless it may be a little bit of a taste of of what you need to know but then it's just it's a teaser they want to get
1: to it and then so you get to like where it's like the good stuff where you're like okay now how do you show me how to do that No problem. That'll be $5,000. Right. And you're like, I just wasted all my time getting all hyped up. Yeah. You realize like all the other
0: stuff you got to real. No, it's not like that at all. It's actually an extensive full training program, A to Z, everything you need to know in order to flip land. Okay. Like there's nothing held back at all. So this type of training program from other providers, uh, you're likely going to be paying thousands of dollars. But I do it for free. For a number of reasons.
1: You do it for no cost.
0: For no cost, for a number of reasons. <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: still trying to train him not to use the word free.
0: Yeah, free sounds bad.
1: Although, you know what? Like, if you're walking around the store and they give you a free sample and you try it and you like it, it's not like because it was free it hurt you. That's true. Or stopped you. But I guess on online it's just been so convoluted that.
0: Yeah. You, you always think there's a catch. What's mm-hmm. the catch? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what the catch is. There's no real catch. But the reason we do it for free is because we want to partner with you on your deals. One of the biggest things that is uh, difficult for people in this business in order to get going is that there is no really established hard money lenders for land flips. So you either have to have your own cash or you have to partner with someone. Well,
1: it's misunderstood. And I said that from the beginning that uh, land to me didn't it felt risky or it felt like. Right. I don't know like the not not even just risky but just like that's
0: cute Yeah, like like How are you going to do that? Right.
1: How are you going to make any money? And I, and that is the reason why we can say confidently that this system is really good as, as much as we claim it to be as, or as good as we claim it to be is because it was built to teach people to do it really well so that they get the really good deals and they're successful so that we can then partner with them on, you know, on that side of things. So you're not going to teach someone how to do a crappy job if your goal is to partner with them, because then they'd be bringing you crappy deals or just exactly wouldn't bring you anything. I want
0: to partner with you on your deals. And what, that means like what a deal partner mean what it means in this situation is that you find a deal obviously the training program shows you how to find all these deals and much more beyond that right but it shows you how to find the deals and then when you have a deal you submit it to me Uh, just go to partnerwithpete.com there's a form to fill out if it's a deal what we do is i'll say hey this, this is a deal i would love to partner with you on this we take it from there and pretty much take the baton and run with it we close the deal, meaning we send our own money to close this transaction. You don't have to send any money. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to, no credit check, no credentials, nothing like that. No monthly
1: payments. No,
0: nothing like that. I mean, it's just like simple. you find the deal. If it looks like a good deal, I don't care about your experience in land. If it's your first deal or your 500 deal, I don't care. It's about, it's, the, it's, deal, it's the, numbers about the deal. It's about the deal. Right. Uh, So we do the rest of the process from there. We plug it into our great team that we've got, and then we market and resell the property. And then when it sells, at the end of the day, we figure out what the profit is and we split it fifty-fifty. You get a wire directly from the closing transaction on that side. We get a like our, the
1: closing company. So it's not like clo- the money comes to us and then you have to wait yeah, for us to no, send it. It's no. it comes directly from the closing company. Right.
0: And no matter how long it takes, I mean in most of these deals, you know, we were able to close them 60, 90 days, something like that. But you know, say it takes a long time to sell. It doesn't matter. You're still going to get your 50% of the profit when it sells.
1: When we created this whole program, it was, we thought about us 20 something years ago. We had the drive, but there was no, it was kind of scary getting into any of these real estate things because there's some people are going to take your program and they have their own money. It's not a big deal. They don't need it. And that's cool. Enjoy the program. That's great. But there's a lot of people that have that drive. They have that ambition, but the money side of things. And we're thinking, okay, what, when we were like that, what, what would have helped us catapult quicker? You know, what would have been a fair solution for us, a fair solution for them, and just to enable us to reach our potential quicker. So we've created a whole program that helps you reach your potential way quicker, whether you have the funds to close the deals or you don't.
0: Right. And exactly. And maybe your plan is to partner with us on a certain number of deals and then you know, go off and do your own. And that's cool, too. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's uh, to always use our money and get that infinite ROI that they talk about. I mean, obviously, you've got expenses and marketing and finding the deals and things like that. But the deals themselves, you put no money toward towards them. And the crazy thing is there's no downside for you either. Say we say we were to lose money on a deal. It's not like I'm going to come back at you and say, Hey, where's my, you know, where's my money out? That's not like that. You Uh, took that, um, yeah, that risk over. Right. So you only get upside,
1: you know, there's certain things I consider gambling. Uh, I don't, this isn't like gambling, but there's risk in any investment, I guess per se that you get into, but this is like backed by real estate. That's interesting. But anyways, if you are wanted to learn more about the financing and, um, and how that all works and how to get started for even your marketing without money. We did a whole podcast on that.
0: Yes. Yes. Recently. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So go back through that, look at that podcast. And then you can also, if you're interested in learning more about partnering with Pete, go to partnerwithpete.com
0: partnerwithpete.com. And I have a little video in there where I try to explain it as well. Um, It also has information on that page. And obviously in our community, we talk about it a lot as well. Right.
1: What other housekeeping measures do you have?
0: Well, income reports, (laughs) if you, if you haven't been, Uh, Looking at those, I would highly suggest it. If you're interested in the land business, every month I do an income report. It's an extensive income report where I track the revenue, the gross profit, every single deal that we did that month, like what we bought them for, what we sold them for, how we're doing year to date, notes on each deal. Um, You know, so you can see like what's a land flipping deal like, like how much are these properties costing? How much profit are we making? How long is it taking to sell these things? Like all that type of stuff, which I had no clue what was You know, what was real? What was happening?
1: What's possible. Right. You know, and I think that's true if you also have a partner that you're working with a spouse or just a life partner or whatever it is or a business partner. It's really good to show them that, too, Yeah, because then that gives them some concrete metrics that they can kind of strive to or try to beat, try to beat us. I think that'd be awesome.
0: You know, um, if I would have came to you with that, if this website had all these different income reports Mm -hmm. on there and things, and I would, you know, when I was trying to talk you into like doing this business model, would it it have helped you?
1: Yes. I I think because a lot of times you do see some, you know, especially with social media, it'll be like, I made $5 billion overnight.
0: Hey everyone. Just a quick reminder that you can join our community for free at landconquest.com. Inside, you'll get all the resources, training, and support for building a thriving, land-flipping business. Once again, that's landconquest.com. All right, enjoy the rest of the show.
1: Selling toothpaste or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's flooded with that. So, And a lot of times, like, even, I'm sure we put out bites like that. That's just what kind of is the big... Yeah, you got to
0: get attention in a way, yeah. Right,
1: and it kind of sucks. So a lot of times when I see those, well, not a lot of times, 99% of the time, I'm like, you're full of it. There's Mm -hmm. no way. But if there had been a resource where I could actually dig in and look at the numbers that's yeah. totally different
0: right I mean I do it in a way that's completely transparent so there's no fluff on those income reports and no salesmanship really it's just pretty much they are what they are uh, and I try to give as much uh, useful information as I can so I highly recommend you check those out I also do a video along with that every month but I also well.
1: I use that for you the last business we did right yes
0: so yeah.
1: back when we were doing um, blogger training and travel blogging and everything like that I was like I really can't keep up with this I want to help people learn to do it and you were like okay but I don't see the thing and I Yes. I showed you an income report. So yes. we know that that works, right? Yes, definitely. So check that out. Yeah. Yeah, think- so
0: that's at turningprofit.com.
1: Turning profit. I think that is one of the most val- if you're going to start anywhere go to that.
0: Yeah, check it out. You know, I've also got something on the site there too which is our 51st deals. I think that's right. a really I, it's a screen share. And I go through our first 50 deals. I tell you like what we bought it for, what we sold it for, how much profit. I give you a little bit of notes on each of those properties. I went through all 50 of those first deals. It was took me a long time. But I think it's a very useful uh, informational video.
1: And plan to break that up. Don't mm-hmm. sit. I mean, maybe you could sit and watch the whole thing through. But expect us to break that up because there's a lot of information.
0: You might be bored. <laughs> no,
1: I don't think bored. It's just that's a lot. And um, and I don't want you to miss any of it because there's so much information just in that. What You learn, you talk about what you've learned, what went right, what didn't go right, what you would do again, what you wouldn't do again.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. So I guess that's uh, enough housekeeping stuff for now. Um, but let's get into these rapid fire questions, Heather.
1: OK. So the first one is from Mariah. She says, land reviews by Pete. Last week, I was able to submit a property in question and see how Pete would review it. Is that something that is every week or just once a in a while. I want to make sure I don't miss it. Okay. Well, this is something else we've talked about. So. <laughs>
0: yeah, <that's, laughs> all right. I didn't mean for this to come up first, but it kind of worked out well that yeah. way. Uh, anyhow, in the mm-hmm. community, uh, we do regular Zoom calls with the community. And these are, I call them deal evaluation Zoom calls. And basically what happens is I give you a link to a form. If you've got a potential deal that you're working on, or you've got under contract or whatever, mm-hmm. you submit that information for the deal. And then live on these Zoom calls, I share my screen. I go through evaluating the property. I look it all up. I show you everything that I look at in these properties. I figure out what it's worth, and I tell you what I what I think how you could resell it for. That's, I think, a very valuable skill to that you've got to figure out in this business. You've got to learn how to evaluate properties.
1: And that reminds me, too. Our, our oldest, actually, is your co-moderator on that. Yes. She's really into evaluating properties. She loves all that kind of stuff. If you have, you know a teenager or a young adult in your family that you think would enjoy this kind of thing, have them join one of those, you oh, know, yeah. cause there's other, there's people in these groups that are anywhere. She's 23, but our, um, our middle daughter who just turned 21 is really into it. People up to my seventies or, or beyond. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going around asking people their ages, so <laughs> I'm not going to guess either, but I, I know that younger people, older people in between people. So, uh, it, it's a great family business too to get yeah. involved with. It's just something, It's and it's kind of fun. I think the girls really enjoy that.
0: So. Well, you know, we did that podcast mm-hmm. episode too about them, oh, yeah. um, you know, they took a, an initial investment of $8,000. And they parlayed that into 84000 over the course of six or seven deals. So right. we, we broke that down in our, kind of one out. of our first podcasts that we did.
1: And it's a good way for them to fund their retirement accounts, too. And if yes. you have a good retirement account, then you don't have to worry about the future. So lots of different things like that. Uh, let's moving on to Daniel's. Oh, we yeah. do
0: those. So, um, yeah. So you know, it answer. depends. We're in the summertime, so it's a little bit of a lull right now. So we've been doing them every, every couple of weeks. Uh, we might go back to every week in the fall when things get back to normal. But we'll see. At least every two weeks or so.
1: Our kids stop traveling. In the community, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. So Daniel says, um, guardrail in front of property. Have three lots side by side in Arizona. There is a county-maintained guardrail blocking access to all three properties. Contacted the county and waiting for response. Any advice would be much appreciated.
0: This is an interesting one because one of the things that we look for always on these properties is we always try to ensure that there's access. And generally, when you're looking at these satellite images on all of these properties, you can see the lot lines, you can see where the road is, and you're looking at that and you're saying, okay, that's got road frontage, it's got access. But the problem is that if you are on a busy road with guardrails like that, it probably does not have access. Right,
1: it looks like it does, but it doesn't have legal access. You right. could jump it. Yeah, sure. yeah.
0: I mean, but you but, can't drive a car onto uh-huh. it. So you could walk over it or whatever. And but where are you going to park your car? Uh, the county or the the department, highway department or whatever, most likely will not let you cut a hole in that guardrail because it's it probably got a guardrail because issue. it's a you know it's on a bend mm-hmm. or there's a big embankment there or something like that.
1: It might not even be safe to slow down to get onto the property like That's that. True. You know, you might be able to get over. Like it, it, it would take a lot of work, but maybe you could get them to allow theoretically access like you'd have to maybe pave it if it's a drop off or something whatever that is if you could mitigate that but even past that they still might say like okay yeah you could do that but we're still not going to approve it because it's not safe to slow down to get onto that Mm
0: -hmm. so So they look at a lot of things and getting like a driveway permit in some of these areas is a big deal Mm So unfortunately, if you're uh, stuck with that situation, that's that's one of the honestly that's one of the reasons you always want to send photographers right. out. Like stuff like that pops mm-hmm. up, and you may not, you know, you may looked at the map and thought everything looks cool. It's no problem. I can definitely build on this property, but then something like that pops up, and that's that's something that sometimes you cannot solve how are you going to solve that
1: i would while you're exploring this and figuring it out um, from you know asking the county first i would look for other see if there's other ways on mm-hmm. even maybe one of those has access from a different road and then you could grant access to the other two through the first or something. Yeah. I'm not even sure I would pay for an engineer until you at least know what the fir- what they say. Yeah,
0: yeah. I would I would definitely talk to them. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they maybe they'd be really easy about it and I'll let you do it. But you got to figure it out though. I wouldn't just close on it because you're going to be oh, stuck that, with something. Do yeah. they
1: just, do they already own it? I have no. three lots. Oh, okay, that's yeah. good because that's what I was freaking out. Like, well, you already own this. Yeah, I, yeah. If you don't already own it, unless they they say, oh, yeah, those are temporary or some really easy thing to fix, I wouldn't do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like a
1: landlocked property.
0: It essentially is. Mm-hmm. you know. So, And that same type of thing happens on, you see properties that are abutting a major highway. Yeah. You see that a lot. Now, sometimes those properties could potentially be used for a billboard or something like that. But even if- generally, there's no way you're going to get onto the property. No,
1: and you need to make sure they're even zoned for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, a lot of things to check out.
1: OK, cause it's a good question to ask. Yeah. other people are probably thinking it, too. Maybe you look at it initially and you're like, oh, it's easy. Just get rid of those. And mm-hmm. we're on.
0: Yeah, we're going to no. unbolt those things. Yeah, so we can
1: get <laughs> them get out of here. Chaz says down payment in order to sell a note. What percentage down is recommended for someone to buy a note? I have a deal that would get 300 per month for 60 months, but they can only do a thousand down payment. Would anyone be interested in buying or is the down payment too low? Thanks.
0: What Chaz is talking about here is originating a note and then selling the note. And setting it up in a way that someone's going to want to buy the note. And by this, I mean that Chaz has a piece of land. Chaz wants to sell the piece of land to someone on payments. Mm-hmm. But Chaz doesn't want to wait around 60 months to collect the payments on that. Mm-hmm. So in this business... And they're the, only
1: giving me 1000 bucks down. And
0: they're only giving 1000 bucks down. So in this business, there are people that will actually buy these notes. So as a landowner, someone selling this property, you could set up a owner financing situation like that and then what you do is that you sell that contract that note to a, a note buyer
1: like right at escrow right, like, right. yeah and you it can be right at escrow
0: close or even years later i guess mm-hmm. if you wanted to and then they pay you a certain amount and then you get cashed out and then the note buyer then you know stays on and collects the payments from the from the buyer uh it gets complicated but I, what i would do and what i have done is that i have a discussed this the potential note terms with a note buyer before you finalize any of these terms make sure that
1: they would want this this buyer borrower like they would want to do business with them
0: yeah yeah we've got someone in our group his name's eric Shiraga, but he does note purchases like that but what he'll do which which i think is pretty cool is that he'll work with you while you're setting this Mm -hmm. up and even the paperwork with the title company and stuff so it's a note that he's ready to buy, and you know, so he's got defined terms, and then uh, it just makes the process easy. There's no guesswork. It's no situation where like, okay, I sold this property. But now I got to go find someone to buy this note. You know, you sold the property, but then you're going to have to sell the note, and you've got a thousand dollars down. Generally, you're probably going to find out that twenty percent down is what a lot of them like to see,
1: or at least twenty percent equity, too, or, or right. whatever.
0: But then it's got to be the right interest rate, and it's got to be the right term. Mm-hmm. Things like that are very important as well. So I would definitely consult with someone like Eric before you, you set up something like that. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't reinvent the wheel on that on your own because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that go into it. And also that's how some banks get into trouble. They do loans and then they can't sell them.
0: Are you looking to scale your land flipping business quickly? Well, we're happy to present our new cutting edge system built specifically for land flippers. Take a look at the land conquest business system today and you'll gain full access to a customizable pre-made website, CRM, dedicated phone numbers, text automations, 24 seven support and more. It's basically a business in the box. Go to software.landconquest.com to learn more. Yeah. So, anyways. yeah, you don't want to do a bad loan.
1: <laughs> or just a loan that's not sellable. Yes. You know, yeah. anyways. Okay, moving on. Doug says partnering with Pete in a land deal. Pete, can you explain where at in the process we hand over the deal to you and if we want to partner? Does it need to be at a signed sales agreement before offers accepted or in the in- prospecting period? How do you handle changing from me to you in the paperwork and interacting with the seller? Yeah, okay. Have so, fun with this one, Peter.
0: No, no, this is good. No, this it's kind really of, good, kind, it. of, kind of procedural stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, this is the Partner with Pete program. It's uh, essentially, you know, how do we get it from the point, like, for instance, I, you know, you're an investor, Heather, and you find this deal with the seller. Typically, in your purchase agreement, the one that we provide to you in the training program, it'll have a clause in there that you can assign the property to... Um, any other entity that you choose without their permit, you know, Mm -hmm. without their, you know, further approval. That clause is in the contract. And basically what happens during, we, we sign a, an agreement, you know, once I decide that it's it's a deal we can do, we sign an agreement, a funding agreement between us, uh, which outlays the terms and the profit split and all that kind of stuff. And then we also sign an assignment agreement, which basically assigns the deal to us. We then close on the property. So, you know, we'll uh, at that point in time, we'll open up the transaction with the attorney, title, closing company, whatever it is, and then uh, and then close it through through that way. So procedurally, it's pretty easy. We've got all the paperwork. We'll send it to you. You just assign it to us. That's that's generally how it goes pretty easily.
1: I think it sounds more complicated than it ends up being.
0: Yeah. And if you're looking for a way to communicate it with the, the seller that mm-hmm. you ha- have a, built a rapport with, you just say, oh, we're. Closing this with with my partner. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, using a partner to help me to to close this deal with me. And they don't care. They don't care. They just want their money. Yeah. They want to
1: make sure that you're not trying to pull fast. And then,
0: you know, obviously, my closing team will then start communicating with them. And they know that it's moving towards closing and everything's legit. So
1: that's all they care about. Yep. Show them the money. Okay. Brian has a question. Done a deal that's cash plus trade. Hi, everyone. Talking to a seller that is interested in selling their property, yet half of the sale would be in cash and the other half would be as an asset or be in an asset, be an asset, sorry. And they likely want to reduce tax implication. Has anyone done such a deal or have any suggestions? Thank you all.
0: I haven't done a deal like that um, personally, but I have heard of people doing deals like that. I've heard of people simply just trading a property for An asset or something like that. So I know that type of stuff does happen. I really don't know what the tax implications are for that. You know, who knows what what this seller is going to be reporting or or anything like that. So I would probably consult with maybe a CPA or tax attorney or someone. Yeah, someone like that.
1: You have to have a value for each. Even though to me it seems like a trade. Like I mean you know, like I'm gonna trade you this for this. They both have value. There's
0: Yeah. So somehow that has to be accounted for and I know it's definitely possible. Yeah, I mean, it's not illegal or by any no. means to like trade something for another. I can
1: trade you right. a shoe for food. It's right. like as long as you're willing to accept it. It's just that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't want to. Here's one, one thing that would caution. You don't want to get caught up in some sort of scheme that the seller has to maybe like avoid taxes or something like that. Because even though he says that, you know. No one's going to find out or something like that. Who knows what other shady stuff this guy's been doing. And then he gets audited and then it comes back on you. And then, you you know, you don't want any of that stuff, even if it's a deal. And, and stuff like that. You don't want to do that and like create that liability that c- could come back and bite you at some point. So, just do everything on the up and up. Make sure, you know, let them know that hey, I don't care what you do or whatever, but I got to I got to report what's what and you know, like mm-hmm. I I got to do things a the legit way. Yeah, they're not so. going to
1: protect you. And the other thing too is it's so tempting to take a deal. It, it is. It's mm-hmm. if it's a deal, it's so tempting, but you need to remind yourself that there's always another deal. So if it feels shady, just walk away.
0: Yeah. So yeah. worth
1: it. You're building a long-term business, not trying to like pull a fast one or something. Yep. Okay. Or have them pull in on you.
0: Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that's. No, you know, who knows? Who, know, it who can knows? Be. But but it's possible. But I don't. I'm not. I'm probably not the best one to answer that.
1: Mm-hmm. So Yeah, just talk to someone who knows what they're talking about. in that. Yeah. an expert in that area.
0: I'm an expert in many things. Just not that.
1: I don't want to be an expert in that.
0: You know <laughs> what I mean?
1: Not. Like, that's why there's people that really know the tax stuff. They know, yeah. like, because there's so many legal ways to benefit in tax right. code. I wouldn't want, you know. Right. Don't want to mess around in that kind of stuff. Job Johnson, okay, cool name, says non-disclosure states. Pete, would you consider doing a training on how to use priced in non-disclosure states? Thanks.
0: The question here is about non-disclosure states and pricing and maybe First start th- with
1: what is a non-disclosure state. Yeah, in case so, you're-
0: yeah, exactly. A non-disclosure state is most states actually report the actual sale prices on the properties. Mm-hmm. You know, when you sell a property, it gets reported in the public records. So Joe Schmo sold this property, this 10-acre property for $100,000. It's Public record. Mm -hmm. But what happens in these non disclosure states is uh, there's about 10 of them, I believe. And what happens is that those sale prices are not reported.
1: They don't disclose them to the public.
0: They don't disclose them to the public, Mm -hmm. yes. Obviously, in their internal records, they know what things sold for and everything because they've got to compute taxes and stuff. But as an investor, that leaves you with less information. That sucks. Less certainty. It just takes more effort. There are kind of ways that you gotta to piece together the puzzle in these type of areas.
1: And in that space, it actually is kind of cool for the investor because it's if ever if it was easy, everyone would do it. So if you're willing to put in the time to figure this out and do it, you probably have an advantage. Go on.
0: Yep. So how do you piece this puzzle together? How do you figure out what properties are worth? Well, first of all, you look at the listed property data. You know, you look at data for, you know, what what are the properties on the market? What are, they, what are they asking for them? You'll see in all these sites like Zillow and Redfin, you'll see exactly what date it was listed. You'll see what date it went pending. And then you'll see it showed uh, sold. But then it may say last list price or something like that, but doesn't have, actually have a sold amount. But generally, if a property sells quickly, that means it was priced properly. Like the list price was pretty right. close to where. So if the days on
1: the market aren't five thousand.
0: Yes, exactly. Okay. You know, I always take an adjustment off of there. So, say for instance, someone listed a property for a hundred thousand dollars, and. It was on the market for 30 days and then it went pending and then it sold. I would assume that the person, the buyer came in and negotiated a little bit. So I'd probably, just to be safe, I'd do a 10% reduction. <laughs> maybe it may only was five or right. maybe even it sold for full price. I don't know, but it's better to be conservative. So I would estimate the property sold at 90000 So I would just have to do that, like look around and... Try to come up with uh, my best estimate on what those sale prices are. And see are. if there
1: was a lot of activity, right? Right. Like if you're only finding two in the past three years.
0: Yep. Yep. How quickly did it sell? How many properties are on the market? How many properties actually sold? Like this is all things that you can do to kind of piece mm-hmm. this together. But, you know, there's no exact science to that. You can also develop relationships with local brokers and they know the deal too.
1: And you mentioned a broker like this is a situation where you need to have a good broker because even without that public information, a good broker. And again, a, a real estate agent, I just use that real estate professional kind of has like an intuitive feel. Yes. Like they go and look at it and they're like, yeah, $13 an acre or $5,000 an acre. Yeah, or whatever. They
0: know the you good know? ones. Yeah, they sold a bunch of properties mm-hmm. in those areas. They know what things are trading for. So they've got a little more. Um, they've got a little more
1: intuition on that. Yeah, yeah. They're, they have you and, know. and
0: control of, of the what goes mm-hmm. on in that area. I guess.
1: And the funny thing is, most agents and brokers don't use tax records. Mm-hmm. I don't actually don't remember in like hearing any of them say, "Oh, I looked at the tax records." Yeah. No, they use the MLS. They talk to other people because. Again, you're you're going after an agent or a broker that's a land expert. You don't want someone who casually like if they have a good client that's they've sold a lot of houses through that has a piece of land and they wanna you know, you don't want that person that'll take that just to be nice. They want you want someone who's like, I live land. I love dirt.
0: Someone that knows their stuff. Yeah.
1: Yep. So an expert. It, right. So in that sense, just do your own research. I love using that term, but also talk to a professional. Right. There. Okay. um, Larry's got a question for you. Marketing the property. I noticed the purchase agreement has no provision for having the right to market the property. If we use don't use agents, I start marketing as soon as both parties sign the agreement. Am I missing something?
0: What Larry is talking about here is most likely an option type contract. That's a different business model than what we do. We actually purchase the properties and then we resell them.
1: We don't ever market.
0: Yeah, we don't ever start marketing until we actually own the mm-hmm. property.
1: You might tell one of our agents, hey, I have this one coming up. Well, and they I might, do. right. But they know not to do that. They might be behind the scenes thinking, right. Okay, they might
0: be talking to some of their buyers and saying, someone. like, oh, we got this one coming up and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that happens all the time.
1: But you're not going to actively market it or list That's it.
0: That's right. We're not going to list it. You know, it just causes a lot of problems. There's, there's really no, I mean, it can be done. I know that business model can be done, but it's getting tougher and tougher. Many of these MLSs or listing services or brokers or agents. They won't take a listing like that, you know, if you don't actually own the property, you know, and plus it gives us time to actually do the due diligence on the property. Like we know what a property is before we actually buy it. We know that the title is clear. Mm -hmm. We know that, you know, there are no big red flags that jumped out on the property. And And I see people... Using the other business model where they get things locked up and then they automatically then they start marketing it. But the problem is that there's title problems that pop up a lot of times, there's due diligence issues that pop up a lot of times. So we've cleared all that out so it's not gonna be not gonna be a hassle. Well,
1: and you can get a kind of a bad name amongst people the other real estate professionals if you not even just a couple times like they're going to spend their time trying to bring you a buyer and then it turns out you can't even do the right. you know you can't sell it because there's a title problem right uh, and a lot of the mlss are not doing the they won't sell or they won't let you list it unless you own it because there's a lot of fraud up there right and i want to temper that a lot of fraud um you know like when you read a review on yelp it's you're there's not as many people that are saying this was amazing right it's mm-hmm. mostly people
0: Right. You hear um, about the bad stuff. Right. You
1: hear about bad more than good. So it's not like it's like to the extreme, but it there is it's out there where people are are even able to transfer properties that they don't own. Or to sell it. So they're just, it's just trying to create a safer system.
0: Mm-hmm, right. That's all. So, exactly. yeah,
1: it can be done. And, and so, if that's what you want to specialize in, mm-hmm. that's something you'll need right. to Right. Really- yeah, it's
0: just a different business model than what mm-hmm. we do. And, and I think we tried to communicate why we do the business model that we yeah. do. Yeah. So,
1: okay, Chaz, uh, another question payment processor for land nodes.
0: Do you have a great deal under contract? We'll submit it to partnerwithpeat.com. The Partner with Pete program is a deal funding program where we will actually use our funds to complete the purchase of the property. We will do every other step of the process, including the due diligence, the transaction side, the marketing side, and the transaction on the resale side. And when all the dust settles, we will split the profits 50-50. There is no downside for you as an investor, only upside. So once again, go to partnerwithpeat.com, submit your deal there, and let's get it funded.
1: What does everyone use as a payment processor for land notes? Thanks.
0: Yeah. So in this situation for land notes, what I would do is if I was going to be originating like owner financing, I would set them up at the servicing company. There are plenty of servicing companies out there that service notes that will do it professionally. You're not taking someone's, the buyer's credit card and running the credit card every month. You you get out of that altogether. You have a servicing company. That's who they pay their payment to. If they're late, the servicing company reminds them. And, you know, all this stuff, the reporting that goes along with it.
1: Sending out the annual statements. Yeah,
0: everything that's required. Like, you don't have to worry about that stuff. They generally charge a fee, but then you can charge that to the the buyer and let them know that they have to pay for the servicing Mm -hmm. company fee. And it's not too much. And then if you want to sell the note, you're going to have a much better time actually selling the note because it's professionally managed by a, a servicing company. So right. that's what I would recommend.
1: Yeah, unless you want to set up a whole other company, just do, I mean, because that's a lot of time and then you're getting into regulations and sending all, well, it's.
0: And a lot of hassle. Mm-hmm. Like, do you really want to be chasing after people for payments and things like that? Or if yeah. they're like,
1: hey, my bank account has changed, I need to update it. That's, they do that. Change right. their address, questions. Yeah, it's worth the money. Alex says, just got something under contract, but no comps. I like comps around the immediate area, but for the lot, I got under contract. This has no comps on the nearby area. The only thing I could find is that someone bought my neighbor's lot for about 13,000 over 2 years ago according to county records. Is this comp reliable? Any other ways you guys deal with lots with few or no comps? I got this for right around 6k, so I'm wondering if this is still a good deal but without comps. Not sure if I should move forward. Not wetland, not flood zone, and buildable with dirt road access.
0: Thank you. Well, it sounds like you're in an area where there is not much activity. Okay. So for me,
1: that's like the first red flag.
0: Yeah, that's that's a red flag. In fact, I was just telling the story about how we just sold a property Mm -hmm. that we actually held for over a year, which is for me it's terrible. There
1: goes your whole rock like you're you just messed up the whole
0: I know, you know. I know. Well, it's it it messed up my numbers, definitely. Mm -hmm. My average days on the market. It's the number I track and the number I try to keep really low. Did you lose money? No. Okay. No. I bought it for Sixty something hundred dollars, you mm-hmm. know, similar to this situation.
1: Because it just seems like it's only yeah. six thousand dollars. It was like- five
0: acres, and you know. The property was a good property, had road front, all this stuff. It's a good property. It was just an area that had such little activity, such little demand for land, so few sales happening. But I thought, you know, I could sell this thing for thirty thousand, no problem. So I'm going to buy it for six thousand. Closing costs is around seven thousand. I'm going to sell it for thirty thousand, no problem. We did list it for, I think, thirty four nine at first, and then we had to reduce it to twenty nine nine and then twenty four nine and then nineteen nine, fourteen nine. And I think we sold it for twelve nine a year later. And obviously we still made a few thousand dollars Mm -hmm. on it after commissions and closing costs, but not worth our time. Right. And that's the
1: thing. It's not that it wasn't I mean, you can't put your money in the bank and make that kind of return. It's not bad that's not bad. And that's not what we're saying. It's just that the time that it took you know the frustration, the hassle, all of that. It, it's wasted time. So to make a few thousand dollars or whatever it t- ended up being twenty five hundred, is that probably
0: close? Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. You know, and it was when you look at the percentage wise, I think it was like thirty percent in a year, mm-hmm. which I guess is pretty good. But
1: but there's more deals out there, and it's again, it's not that amount of money. It's that how much time did you spend going back and forth? Like how much? That's wasted time because you could have done a deal that actually hits your target. Right, and when you're looking at this, if there's no comps, I wouldn't use. I, I, when you said the neighbor,
0: okay, the neighbors, yeah, off market comp, yeah.
1: If it's off market comp, I wouldn't use it, yeah, because it could be it could. Go a couple different ways. It could be that they did pay a premium because mm-hmm. whoever really wanted this was desperate for this lot, or it could mean that your your lot that you're looking at is is super valuable. But the problem is that if if people aren't actively looking to buy there, that means that you're going to have to either create some sort of market, or you're going to be waiting a long time. Theoretically, exactly. you could buy it and it could be great. Yeah. So this is more of a this is more of a gamble than a business decision. Yeah. That's the way I look at this. Yeah.
0: True. You don't have the information, so you just don't know. So mm-hmm. it's a gamble, right. and and you know like like you were saying about that those off market comps. I mean, you have no idea that it's a real comp. I mean, it could be sold to their friend or sold to whatever, and it's like artificially low or it's artificially high, or you just don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And no, you know, it could have been sold to another land flipper. I you know, I don't know.
1: And if that's the only one you can find, mm-hmm. that means that there's just I don't. Are there a lot of houses? I mean, are there a lot of pieces of land listed there? Yeah. Maybe look at that, too. Yeah. I don't know. Have you you talked to a local agent? What are they saying?
0: And then at at that at that price too, um, you're not going to get many local agents that are going <laughs> to no. pick up your phone call. Hey, I've got this property that I want to sell for, you know, $12, $12 yeah, they're like, you know. have fun. buy. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. So moving on, Lori says, do you return calls and messages from potential buyers? I'm looking for some land to buy and hold. I've contacted three sellers this week, two on Facebook marketplace and the other via their website. No responses. I'm ready to buy a handful of properties and it won't be theirs. You can't possibly succeed in this business. If you don't jump on, on potential buyer inquiries, I've worked with some awesome investors who respond immediately. Their KPI is uh, five minutes and their only complaint is their massive tax bill.
0: The thing is, and that's kind of a pet peeve of mine as well, because I've done a lot of sales, I've, de- you know, obviously been a real estate broker mm-hmm. and I've been like front line, you know, responding to customer inquiries and things like that. So. You'll have such a better success rate if you actually respond to people quickly.
1: Are you gonna say it? Uh, I was gonna steal yeah.
0: from you. I always yours. say, I say, you got to strike while the iron's hot. And I know that's like a cliche term or whatever, but it's so true. And I don't even know what that means. Strike while the iron's hot. Oh, <gasps> is I it do like know.
1: branding or something? No, no, no. Actually, oh. it's
0: from um, it's from metal uh, workers, blacksmiths. So you got to strike it when it's hot, oh, or oh, you're not going to get okay. mu- you're not going to get much change in the metal.
1: Okay, so right? I was saying like they were sense. branding an animal, like
0: no. I don't think that's what it's about. Okay. Uh, So anyhow, but it's so true. Mm -hmm. You know, as you're doing these deals, you might be listing them on some of these marketplaces and things yourself. Respond right away. You'll, You'll find that, you know, people are most interested when they inquire. And if you're not getting back to them, even if you're waiting 24 hours to get back to them or something, a lot of them have just kind of moved on. Or they've
1: created doubt. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's something wrong with it. And yeah, on the this flip, is a
0: flaky seller, you know, whatever. Yeah. Word. And on
1: the flip side, I don't want to deal with somebody who like I have to nudge them because can you imagine the whole process? It's going to be like pulling out teeth like, OK, yeah. we need this. We need this, And they're like, uh, I'll get back to you. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely 100% have a system in place where you can do that, especially during business hours. Mm
0: hmm. I mean, yeah. maybe you
1: can be a little more lenient, you know.
0: But, you know, how hard is it to message? Like, this is your business. Like, the, there's a lot of money riding on each of these deals. So it's not hard to message someone back or whatever.
1: Okay, David says, example deal. Our team is seeking an example deal for the acquisition and sale for us to put our hands on. Paperwork, cost, closing, title, etc. Are those resources available? Have folks been willing to share in the past? Thank you. Oh, is David in for a treat? <laughs> oh, we're gonna just blow your mind, okay, David.
0: David, yes. Uh, if you, uh, this 51st deals is a great mm-hmm. thing, any of the income reports that we've been doing—I mean, like, lots and lots of effort has been put into those income reports and detailing all of this stuff. So, so there's full transparency there. So check all that out. You'll see what's possible, what kind of deals are happening, exact profit, you know, gross profit that we're making on these deals and everything like that. So and it's all, you know, like commissions and closing costs on both sides. All of that is included in the numbers. So what's not included in the numbers is our other business expenses like our business overhead or, you know, mail costs and things like that. I don't I don't break those down that down in the reports, but all the property specific stuff is it's exact. So.
1: That was great. Like, I think we should do another one. I know we have more questions to answer. So maybe yes. next time, where can everyone find you?
0: Definitely check out my Instagram, which is Reese Peter. It's my name, my last name, my first name. You know? Well,
1: I never could figure out what that meant. I'm trying to
0: figure out a better name. So yeah. maybe it'll be a different name by the time you check it out. But anyhow, LandConquest.com. That's the main hub for <laughs> all of this type of stuff. You can listen to this podcast and all the major podcast platforms. Just search for Turning Profit. Also on YouTube, we post all these on YouTube, so you can see us actually talking in the podcast. We've got some other great content that we're posting on YouTube as well. And then on YouTube, it's just at Turning Profit. Sounds good.
1: Okay. I'm It's a Lovely Life Everywhere, so we will see you next week.
0: We'll see you then. Bye. Thanks. Ready to start turning profit yourself? Head to turningprofit.com to step up your real estate investing game. See you on the next episode.